Good morning, International Christian Fellowship, Rome, Italy, online, on campus. It's Pastor Jennifer here. It's summer and God is doing new things. It's a new season. And so today I want to say welcome. Welcome to the family. We love that so many have joined us online and now we're seeing them join us on campus. So I invite you today to lean into worship, to lean into the ministry of the word. For those of you that are traveling and you're working or you're on holiday, we don't go on holiday from Jesus. He's with us always. He's as close as the mention of his name. So as you enter into worship, I pray that you have a blessed Sunday. Thank you for joining us and know that the Lord has a great word for you today. How much worship team? A lovely day to be in the presence of the Lord. I can see some new and not so new places, not so new faces. Say hi to your neighbor if you haven't had a chance to say hello. And if you're sitting alone, I hope you can find somebody to sit next to so that you can say hi. That's how we make friends in church. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm glad to be here and speak on behalf of Pastor Mark, Jen. We've been my name is Enala, <laughs> in case you haven't met me before. I'm the women's ministry leader here, and it's a blessing to be able to serve the Lord in this church and also to step into the pulpit. So I'm thankful to Pastor Jane, and I'm thankful to the leadership of the church for allowing me to be able to do this. And this month, our theme, this year, we always have an annual theme, so our annual theme is Living Proof. And uh, this month, our theme has been I Am Redeemed, or I Am Living Proof of God's redemption, you want to look at it like that. And so in the month, we go through different selected topics about the theme of the month. And the blessing of being the last one to speak in the month is you basically concluding what everyone has been talking about. So they made the job easy for me, so I should say. But I'm going to do a recap, a little bit of, to recap what we have um, been learning the last three weeks so that as we conclude today, we see what the Lord has for us. Okay. So we'll start from week one. Week one, we had Pastor Jen introducing uh, the topic to us okay, about uh, redemption. And one of the main points she said is when you know his redeeming character, it changes your character as well. Okay. Because that is what, actually the Bible says the word of God is like a mirror. The more you look into it, the more you see how you are looking, but it changes you to be better. And that's what God's redeeming character does. And also we saw that when you know his redeeming love, it will also change the way you give and receive love. And we also learned that redemption covers every need and deficit that we have. That was our first week. In the second week, we also had Brother Prince preaching. Thank you very much. I... Actually, for the first two weeks, I was, not, I, was, I was not around, I was not in country, but I was watching online. So thank you so much for those of uh, the online audience that are joining us today. And we learned in, in week two the importance of believing in God's word as part of our redemption um, uh, process. And also we, the fact that we need to believe in redemption because of, the, and I'm going to go a little bit in deep. Uh, today about uh, what does that mean when we are believing in redemption? Uh, what, have, what, has, what do you now have access to as a result of redemption? And one of those things that Brother Prince talked about was the blessing of Abraham that we have inherited. He gave even some good examples, spiritual and physical. And I remember even a, a joke being thrown about, uh, 
you know, like Abraham was very rich, and uh, being rich is also a being having abundance is also one of those uh, blessings that you inherit um, through that. And um, in week three, which was last week, we had Pastor Jen again coming to us, uh, talking about the fact that when I am redeemed, I value my redeemer more than myself. And I think we can see from the the imagery that we had of uh, the woman with the alabaster box, the one who went to anoint Jesus, we see that she valued her Redeemer more than herself because she knew what she had found in her Redeemer in God. And also we learned that when I am redeemed, I run to my Redeemer first for every need. This is a reminder, don't run to your boss, don't run to, you know, anybody else, you know, that special uncle, that special friend, or that special someone you know, first run to God. That's one of the things we learned. And then we also learned that when I am redeemed, I am confident that he's with me in every journey, in, in, he's with me in the journey of every high and every low. And also we learned that I am redeemed proof, therefore my life is a witness for the redeemer through it all. And so we thank God for the last three weeks that we've had. And as I start today, because sometimes we, we grow up around Christian lingo, sometimes it loses meaning, it loses the weightiness of it, or sometimes we forget to think about what does that mean for me in my season and for me today. Redemption, much as it is a very spiritual word, it is also a word that is very common in our commercial world today. Anyone ever had um, an Amazon uh, gift card? I know in this church we've given some Amazon gift cards before for some door prizes or in, in events. Anybody has received a gift card to go to Oroma Due or go shopping at Massimo Mall? I have received two of those and I'm going to talk about them. Anybody has got airline miles and maybe you are a gold member, platinum member? Anyone received... I want to know, maybe I live in a different world. Do you people? Okay. Or maybe you get, you know, sometimes you get those, those little royalty cards, the loyalty cards. If, you, if you've been here 10 times, then the 11th time you come here, it's free, the service. Anyone redeemed any of those? Okay. <laughs> Work hard, you redeem one of those points. So one of those things, this is how the word redemption is used in our commercial world. But there's actually some truth to that. What they're actually trying to uh, tell us in the commercial world is the fact that when you have worked, when you have earned, you have paid the price up to a certain level, you can enjoy a certain benefit. And I'm still going to go back to the airline uh, miles um, issue. Uh, I, at some point, it, thought it, it felt like it was going to be a big thing to attain, you know, the, the big status, the airline. But I remember once when I actually attained status of gold, and I could actually walk into the business lounge, even when I'm flying economy. I was like, oh my goodness, this is nice. I'm eating my food for free. Forget about Starbucks. Forget about this other show. And I didn't have to fear going in that lounge. Why? Because I had paid the price by flying so many miles in a certain period. And I also give an example of my gift card that I received to go to, actually the first one was Oroma Due. It was actually part of a surprise. I had a surprise birth, baby shower when, I was, when we were expecting my, my son Bumi and friends had organized the baby shower and they gave me a very generous um, gift voucher to go and buy whatever I wanted for the baby at Oroma Due Mall. 
Trust me, I had no fear to go and pick whatever I wanted because I knew the card I had had been paid for, you know? I knew that there was no doubt because I knew I had, I had the right to be in that place. I had the right to buy and know when I take it to the bank, when I take it to the cashier, it was good for the money that I was buying, uh, for the value that I did. That is redemption. But in the same case, so when we talk about redemption, what is redemption in the... What is redemption in a Christian theme? What does it really mean? Redemption is God coming down to say, I want to bring you back to myself. I want to deliver you by a price. When we have redeemed, yes, God has brought us back to himself, but there was a price paid. And this is what we are being reminded. You are not just somebody who belongs to God because, eh, yeah, no, you were purchased. You were purchased at a very high price, and that price was the blood of Jesus. So when you say you are a special people, you have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. It was not just a mere transaction. No, 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 no. It was a payment that, was being, that had been made for you to be able to come to the other side. So that is what is redemption. is. And, and, and why are we saying this was important? It's because... God was outraged by the sin of man, but he wanted that closeness with man. But how does it come about? He had to redeem you. And we are going to talk a little bit about um, that as, as we go through. So I want to talk a, few, a little bit about some Greek words for redemption, because sometimes in, um, when, we, when we use English, some words get watered down, especially when you're talking about biblical history and context and culture. Even in my own language, there are certain things that just don't translate if you put them in English. They just don't translate. It is so watered down. You can, so, so this is sometimes the same way even um, in redemption. Because when we talk about redemption, the Bible has several words that relate to redemption. And many of them are coming from the Greek word because much of the New Testament was written in Greek. Welcome to Greek class. Tell your neighbor, we are learning Greek today. No, but this is not the Greek you speak when you go to Athens, so relax. <laughs> All right, so one of the words that I used for redemption is called agorazo. Tell your neighbor, agorazo. Yeah. So agorazo simply means to buy something and make it yours. So if you go to the supermarket, buy something, it's yours because you transacted for it. Legally, it is yours. You can prove that this belongs to me. The other word is azagorazo, which means to buy someone to set him free. I'm sorry, the imagery is not coming out very good. The media guys must be saying, you know, this is not how we do the quality. We understand. Uh, but what I was trying to project there is a slave market. And trust me, that was the most palatable picture I could come up with to show in church for a slave market. A slave market was never a pleasant place to be. And slavery always evokes, even up to now, evokes such strong imagery because it was such a, a, a negative thing, but also a, a deprivation of the value that man, that God had put in man. And so in the olden times, it was happening that when you go to the slave market or when somebody had a slave, Yahoo would say, okay, but I like that. Even if he works for this guy, I want to buy him and set him free. So this is where this Greek word would, 
would uh, appear for redemption. Not so that I'm buying that person to become a slave to me again, but no, I'm buying them so that they could be free. I'm buying their freedom. Okay. So then there's another word, lutro or apolotrosis, which means setting free by paying a ransom, and this is also translated as redemption. This is the word which is often used uh, in many of the New Testament verses, including the one we are going to read uh, today. It talks about, in him we have redemption. That, and, and so the connotation is, in him we have redemption. He purchased us legally at a price to set us free. So when we talk about redemption, it is not just, a, there are three processes that you have to understand the Lord has undertaken to redeem you for himself. Amen? So this is what we mean by deliverance by a price. And I'm going to read Ephesians 1, verse 3 to 7. It simply says, Praise be to the God, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Again, it says, in him we have the forgiveness, the, the, in him we have redemption through his blood. This is the word we're talking about. In him we have the apolotrosis. In him we've been bought at a price so that we could be set free through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So this is what God has done. And by the way, this is just a small extract I can bring from Ephesians. If you've never read the book of Ephesians, please read it. It's one of the most marvelous theological books we have around. And if, it's a, if you've read it, read it again. It's one of those books that we have to keep uh, reading to learn. Okay, so now we're asking ourselves, why did God go through such, you know, a process for redemption to come about? Why? Why redemption? So the reason for redemption, first of all, it's because you are unable to save yourselves. We were unable to save yourself. We were unable to save ourselves. We were slaves to sin, unable to save ourselves. And there are three verses, that, there are several verses in the Bible that talks about how we are slaves to sin, that talk about how we cannot save ourselves. John 8, 34, Jesus is the one who was saying this. He answered them and said, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is what? Is a slave to sin. Again, Romans 6, 17, we, uh, uh, Paul is writing, and here he says, But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. Again, the famous Romans 7, he says, We know that the law is spiritual, but I'm unspiritual, sword as a slave to sin. And then he goes on to talk about, I do not understand what I do. That which I want to do, I do not do. That what I hate, I end up doing. That is the state of man. Many of us here will tell me, you know, if you looked at my resolutions for the year, I should have lost 10 kgs by now. I should have done this. I should have done that, even spiritually. But usually, the tendency of man is what you want to do, the good you have to do. You normally struggle to do that because we are slaves to sin. The moment we 
the moment we sinned, when our, during the, uh, the moment uh, Adam fell, as in uh, sinned, we all, the, the, the whole of humankind uh, fell, and as a result, we struggle with sin. And we cannot save ourselves, so God had to come and uh, intervene. And then you must be asking again, okay, so if we are slaves to sin and unable to save ourselves, what happened next? The next reason is God wanted us, wanted to reconcile us to himself. Now, this is something I really love about God because he took the initiative. It was not you. That's why someone said, I met the Lord, and someone corrected them and said, no, 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 God met you. God was always seeking out for you. You were not, even when you say you were searching, he was already searching out for you. Tell your neighbor, God is, is seeking after you. God is seeking after you. So this is why there was redemption, because God wanted to reconcile us to himself. And the only way he could do that was by paying a ransom. Because when we fell and there was sin, so you need to realize that God's own holiness could not allow him just to say, okay, I love you, you've committed sin, maybe we can just forget about it and come back to me. No, 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 no. His holy law required that the wages of sin be paid for. And what does the Bible say? The wages of sin is? Okay, so you know your Bible verses. This is good. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so this is why there had to be death, because for us to be reconciled to God, God did not have to uh, compromise his holiness. So there had to be a payment for the sin that you and I had committed. Okay? And uh, when, when, the, when Christ had come and uh, made the payment for the sin that we had committed, he basically paid the price. There's a song you know, we normally sing, or at least the old people used to sing a lot in, in, in the hymn, Jesus paid it all. You know the song or you've heard the song. This is the concept. He paid it. And sometimes we think, oh, he paid. what did he pay? No. He paid by his own blood to reconcile us to himself. And the third reason why we are redeemed, it's because God wants us to walk in freedom. The Bible says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So it's not just that you should just be be for the sake of being. No, no, no. God wants you to walk in freedom. And we're going to talk a little bit about this. He gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of God our Father. That's Galatians 1 um, verse 4. God's intention is that your life should have meaning. God's intention is that your life should have freedom. And think of this from the point of a slavery. From the point of slavery. Imagine you were a slave. Somebody else determined what time you woke up. Somebody else determined what time you go to bed. Somebody else determined what you will eat, whether you will sleep that day. Somebody else had to determine your workloads. You know, at work we usually have this, we always talk about, oh, there's a lot of workload, the workload is high. We can even complain. If you were a slave, you could not open your mouth to talk about workloads. If actually you remember what happened during the, the, the Exodus, when Moses was negotiating with Pharaoh, when they were going to say, we want to go, actually, what did Pharaoh decide? He's like, now I'm going to make your burden even more. You will make bricks, but you have to find the straw for yourself. 
you, you can't make bricks without straw. Okay, for those who are like, okay, what are we talking about in construction? But yeah, uh, that is an example of what it means when you are a slave. Now, I want us to go a, a bit further and also understand what does it mean when God has purchased us for himself. I don't know if the slide is able to show this. I really must apologize to the media team because I think when, we, when, when, I sent the, when I sent the slides to them and the formatting, I think over email, over the airwaves, the formatting was changing for some things. So uh, maybe um, the printing is not able to, you may not see everything very well from the screen. But I want to show you some legal terms in the Greek word that are in the Bible that actually relate to your salvation. Okay? And so that you can know the weightiness of redemption. The next time you say, I am redeemed, it should really uplift your sense of worth. So the first word is dacolosis. Don't worry about how to pronounce this word. You're not going to go out and uh, say it. The first word is uh, dacolosis. What it simply means is justification. So this, if you were in court, and then the judge says, you've been acquitted, I don't know if you've ever had a family member who was in court and you were worried, you didn't know what the outcome was, and then the day of judgment comes and the judgment is, you have been acquitted. The relief, knowing that the person is not going to jail, knowing that the person has been cleared of all the accusations, that is justification. So in redemption, this is what God has done. He has justified us. He has acquitted us. Not because we were, because of Christ, what of Christ had done. When we appeared before him, he declared us acquitted. In the Bible or theology, we call it justification. So tell your neighbor, you've been acquitted. The second word is athesis. Athesis simply means to cancel a debt or a lawsuit. But this is also done in the court of law. These are biblical terms, by the way, right? I'm just bringing out them from the, from the original Greek language so that we appreciate what they mean for us today. So this meant that in court, if there was a debt that you needed to pay, when you have paid it, then the judge is going to say the case has been resolved because you've, you've paid the debt, it's been canceled. Or sometimes it could actually be forgiveness. Sometimes you go like, this is just a headache. I don't want to deal with you anymore. Let's just forget this happened. We, we resolve the case. That in the Bible terms is translated forgiveness. But one of the beauty of this is sometimes the sometimes it's not just a debt being canceled. It could be that the, the court has ordered that because of this that you did, you need to pay Maybe a thousand euros or this and this is what you need to do. So the moment you have fulfilled that obligation, then the debt has been cancelled or there's been forgiveness. This in the Bible is what it means to be forgiven. But you know the beauty about it when it comes to redemption? It's because the debt which you owed was actually paid. So the enemy can't just say, no, you know what? Actually, me, I think I still have hold over you because, you know, that Debt was not paid, I just forgive it. No, 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 no. It was paid for. So the next time the enemy comes and wants to make you feel guilty over what you did in the past, tell him, it was paid for. Amen. There's no conversation here. Amen. 
It was paid for in full, settled. That is how your salvation, it was paid for in full. Don't let the enemy make you feel like you still owe. Don't make the enemy make you feel like you still have to do one. No, no, no. There's no jumping around. There's nothing else that you can do. It's been settled, paid in full. Amen. The other word that we have is huithosia. Huithosia means it's actually legal adoption. So before, actually, in our society, we hear the word adoption and we think it's very modern. No, it was there even in Bible times. And you had to do it before a court. I mean, before a judge, you had to appear and say, I want to adopt this person to become my child, to become my son, my daughter. And once it was granted, you became a son of that family. This is what the Bible uses to say we have become sons of God, meaning we have been adopted by the, spirit, by the spirit by which we cry, Abba, Father. So you becoming a child of God was a legal process according to the Bible language that was used. So this is how, so don't let the enemy make you feel like maybe you don't belong. If you are in this church, you belong. Amen. Tell your neighbor you belong. Yes. You belong. Hallelujah. The fourth word that is used is kataloso. Kataloso meant being reconciled, in, being reconciled. So before you could come back to the court, sometimes it could be a marriage that was uh, in, ab about to divorce and they get reconciled in court. Or sometimes it could have been that there were two uh, warring factions. You see this a lot when there's conflict. You know, you have this country A, country B, Bringing, coming to talk so that they can, there can be an end of war or something like that, reconciliation has happened through mediation. So this is another word that comes to redemption, that we have been reconciled by what Christ had uh, done. And lastly, lastly, the word we have is what we already talked about before, apolotrusis, which means or which translates to redemption, which is you've been paid for at a price, so that you could be free. So these are some of the very strong legal terms that the people who were reading the New Testament for the first time understood. For you and I, we just read redemption, redemption, okay, 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 redemption, redemption. But for them, it was such a legal process, they understood it with deep meaning. And so we need to know when Prince stands here and says, you have the right to claim the blessings of healing. You have the right to claim the blessing of, um, the blessing of joy, the blessing of purpose. It's because it's already been paid for. So this is what we need to be able to know and to be able to walk into. And so you must be saying, but Enala, why this now long lesson about Greek words? Where am I going to take them? How does it relate to salvation? Usually salvation, we just think sometimes just me saying a few words, yes, that's part of it, but it's a bigger story. Redemption is, is how salvation came about, okay? So I want just to, to show you how, what does all this legalese, I'm calling it legalese, mean for me? So you need to understand that in justification, you were standing as a sinner, but you've been declared righteous. And this is one of those things that we have struggled with in, in our Christian lives. Because how do I call you righteous? How do you feel about, hey, hi, righteous joy. 
Hi, righteous Paul. Hi, righteous Alex. Imagine if, if I were to call you like that. By, how, how do you feel right now? Hi, righteous prince. You are, no, 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 I'm not righteous. That, that's the first thing we say. You know, we are not, we are not all perfect. We are not righteous. I'm just a sinner living by grace. No, the Bible says he declared you righteous. Not because of what you have done. Because your own righteousness is like filthy rags, says the Bible. So you've been declared righteous not because of what you've done. Tell your neighbor, not because of what you've done. Not because of what you have done. This is the bottom line. So when I say I'm standing righteous before God, it's got nothing to do with how good I am. Nothing. It's because of what God has done. Hallelujah. And then in forgiveness, in forgiveness, our date has been canceled. In forgiveness, in, in forgiveness, I needed to read this from here. In forgiveness, our debt has been canceled. Because we were standing in court and saying, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? But God has paid the price. And then in adoption, we've been reconciled to become God's children. And in reconciliation, we who were enemies before God, we who our, our sins were... Our sins could not stand in the holy presence of God, have been reconciled to him. So this is how you need to understand the whole process of redemption when we talk about redemption. Not because of anything we've done, not because of who we are, but because of what he has done. And now as we are almost getting towards the close of uh, the sermon, I want us to talk about something that we often struggle with. Often when we talk about the language of redemption, when we talk about justification, when we talk about living in forgiveness, sometimes we struggle a lot with that. And I want to talk to you in case you're struggling with feeling forgiven. Maybe you feel, I shouldn't have done that. I knew I shouldn't have done that, but I did it anyway. You know what? God knew you would sin, and you would sin so badly but he still went ahead and paid the price for you in advance. That's how much you are loved. He knew you would mess up, but still, he said, I'll do it anyway. There's no sin you can commit that will make God love you any less. Doesn't mean he tolerates the sin, but he's paid for it because your being reconciled to him is more important. Hallelujah. And I wanted to give, so you may not be understanding why, why is this talking about the God was sent away. So in, in the Old Testament, um, the way, if you read Leviticus, when God was giving Aaron the instructions of how to do uh, the sacrifice, so th there was, they would bring two gods and um, one would be sacrificed, but the other one, he would actually put his hand on, on, on the gods Declare the sins of the nation. You know, oh, I stole what not. We did this. We did all of that. Mention them. And then, the, so actually this is where the term scapegoat comes from. So when they mention all of those, they will take that goat and take it out in the wilderness. It will go lost forever. It will never come back. As a symbolism that the sins of the nation had been taken away. This is where the English word scapegoat comes from. 
So when someone is saying scapegoat, go and read it up. It's actually a biblical term. They may not even understand what it is all about in the Bible. But that is what God wanted the Israelites to have in mind. Your sins have been taken away. You can come and we can have fellowship. And the Bible in Psalm 103 verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so has he taken our sins from us. How far is the east from the west? How far is there a distance can we measure? No, you can't because it keeps moving. It keeps moving. That is how God has forgiven us. Say, I'm forgiven. Tell yourself, I am forgiven. I am forgiven. In John 8, 11, we have a, a parable. It's not even a parable. It's a real story. They bring the woman, the woman caught in adultery. Of course, we know it must have been a woman and a man. But for whatever was happening, uh, <laughs> yeah, because they, they caught and they made sure that she came to the feet of Jesus. Jesus didn't tolerate the sin. But what he said to her, he says, woman, I forgive you. But go and sin no more. I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. That is what Christ says to us. That's what Christ says to us. He says, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more because he gives us the ability to be able not to sin again, not to be able to be held, not to be held in bondage by sin, I, I should say. And if God has forgiven you, who are you not to forgive yourself? Who are you not to forgive yourself? God has forgiven you. And I know sometimes it feels undeserved. Yes, it's undeserved. It's undeserved. That is why it is by grace. And that is why it feels so good and keeps us humble because we did not work for it. It has been given to us freely. Hence, we say salvation is free, but it was costly. You know, there's a saying, there's no such a thing as free lunch. Yeah, there's free lunch, but someone else has paid for it. Your salvation is free, but who paid for it? Hallelujah. Christ paid for it. So now as we close, I want us to think about how do I respond to this love? How do I respond to this redemption? How do I respond to this? I don't know. Maybe you are feeling bound. Are you struggling with addiction? Are you struggling with a certain behavior? Are you struggling with something in your life? Are you feeling something is keeping you bound? There's freedom for you. There's freedom for you. That is what redemption means. That is what redemption means. There's freedom for you. And I don't know, are you feeling maybe I have a terrible past? If I, forgive, if I remove my mask, people are not going to be able to like my story. They're not going. It's because of what God has done. You belong in his kingdom. You belong in his kingdom. If you are struggling, saying my past is horrible, I can't save. My past, my what? No, 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 no. When Christ comes into your life, he changes you. He gives you a new name. He gives you a new beginning. The Bible says, actually there was a, there was a song back in the day. It was saying, I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. All things have passed away. Um, I'm born again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can hear people in the background. Yeah, that is, you need to go back to some of those Sunday school songs because they were teaching us the real meaning of salvation and redemption in a simple way. Hallelujah. And maybe you could say, I'm feeling lost. I don't know where my purpose is. He redeemed you so that you could be free. 
It was for freedom that Christ set you free. There is direction in Christ. There is purpose in Christ. You can come to say, you redeemed me, Lord. What was the reason? I want to get hold of that for which you got, you got hold of me. Paul used to say that. I love that scripture. I want to, 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 be, to apprehend the reason for which Christ apprehended me is what Paul used to say. That is what you get in redemption. And then if you're feeling like maybe I've been saved too long, these things, you come to church, I know the drill, I know how things go, just remember it came at a price. Don't take it for granted. You can always say, Lord, I'm your child. I know I've been purchased by your blood, but renew my vision. I want to walk in freedom, but I also want to declare this freedom to others. We can stand while the praise team comes to the front. You can tell yourself, I want to walk in this freedom. And in walking in this freedom, I also want to tell others, I also want to tell others about this freedom that I have found. Somebody said evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to buy bread. Oh, not to buy bread, where to find bread actually. So you need to be able to find another beggar and tell them where free bread is. And it is there in redemption. Hallelujah. It is there in redemption. And I don't know what the Lord is speaking to you about today. All I did was just go back to look, to have a closer look at redemption. The last three weeks we've been told what rights we have as a result of redemption. Healing is yours because of redemption. Purpose is yours because of redemption. Peace is yours because of redemption. I don't know what you're going through, but I hope this morning as you came to this church, sometimes it's a lot to even come into church some Sundays, especially in this heat, but you made it here. You might as well make it work. You might as well make it work. Let's close our eyes. in this place and you've never met Jesus I want to encourage you that you are in the right place he paid the price for your sins so you don't have to walk in shame you don't have to walk with the burden of sin you don't have to walk unsure whether you are forgiven or not you don't have to walk not knowing whether if you die today you will meet the Savior the salvation for you the salvation for you. Jesus wants to reconcile himself to you. He's seeking after you. And so if you're in here and you say, Lord, I want to meet you. I want you to change my life. While our eyes are closed, I'm just asking you to raise your hand and I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray with you. But if you've never met the Lord, if you want to meet Jesus as your savior, you want to be redeemed, you want to have the peace we are talking about, you can raise your hand and we can pray together. Hallelujah. I see that hand and I know Jesus wants to give you peace. Jesus wants to reconcile you. He wants to adopt you. He wants to reconcile you to himself and he wants to give you a new life. Everyone, let's pray this prayer after me as we say, Lord Jesus, thank you for what you did on the cross. I accept the gift of forgiveness 
even as I confess my sins to you. Forgive me for all the wrongs I've done because none of my good acts can save me. Save me, Jesus, as I accept your sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for making me your child. In Jesus' name. Thank you for praying that prayer. I want to say you are welcome in the family of God. Feel free to call yourself a righteous one of God because Christ has forgiven you. And for the rest of us, I just want to give us a minute or two to just say something to God. Say something to God while our eyes are closed. Well, isn't the word of God amazing? It's life-giving. It's faith-breathing. It's transpiring your destiny for this week. I want you to know that every time I make a video for you, I invite you to join me to agree together for what God wants to do in your life. So the first thing I want to do is say, you know what, maybe there's been some things in your life this week, maybe something in the message you listened to makes you realize, God, I need to give you a new commitment. Jesus, I need to trust you in a brand new way. Maybe he needs to redeem some things in your circumstance. I want to invite you right now to pray with me and to send me an email that you have prayed this prayer because I want you to know you're not going to do this faith journey alone. And he is going to help you do it in a brand new way. So agree with me and pray with me. After I pray, you pray, okay? Dear Lord Jesus, you say it. Dear Lord Jesus, I invite you I invite you right now to take full authority in my life. Forgive me for anything that has taken me off course. Forgive me and help me to trust you in every way. Lord, from this day forward, for the rest of my days, I will keep holding your hand, holding on to your word, and trusting you with every detail of my life. Today, Jesus, you say it, today, Jesus, I belong to you and I receive your love and your healing in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You prayed that prayer with me. I want you to send us an email. I've got people that have been online that have walked into the church campus and said, that was me. And now I'm here and I need community of faith. So I also want to pray this prayer with you because I believe that your miracle is in motion. And I believe that in this summer, God is wanting to do something new in each of us. And our miracles are in motion. Our lives are in motion. We're in new seasons, but he hasn't walked away. He's walking right beside us. And so I want to pray with you for whatever you have need of. And I want you to know that when you write us, we are praying for you. You are not doing this life or this journey or this process alone. So Father, right now, I pray for your son and your daughter that are watching online on campus. I pray for the ones who are traveling. I pray for the ones who are moving to Rome and looking for that place to belong. I pray for the ones who are watching online and saying today, God, I needed a word from you. Let this be the word right now, Lord Jesus, that you're with your daughter, that you're with her family. God, let this be the word for your son, that you have a calling on his life, that you're with him, that you're walking with him, that anointing and favor is upon him. 
And Lord, for that miracle in motion, whether it be physical or financial or relational, let your child of faith say, Lord, I will keep trusting you. So, Father, I thank you for the miracle in motion. I thank you for the supernatural intervention in everything your child needs. And I pray that in this moment, faith would feel alive and fresh and we have a new outlook for the week ahead. I love you and I bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. So now I want to say, don't forget to write. Don't forget to join us online. Thank you for what you're doing to be a part of our global worldwide family. God is doing miracles and you're a part of it. I love you.